Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hi. How's everybody? How's everybody doing? I was listening to Joan talk to one of our favorite business owners uh, from from uh, the job. I I was listening to her first talk about like let's not give our our guests any sort of um, in digestive issues and uh, and like it's been my concern every single year that I serve food to anybody and and I shouldn't you know what the good news is tonight I'm having guests over and I'm gonna order some deep dish pizza and my friend Heather Lally who is the editor-in-chief of tell me the name of the organization again uh, it's called Winsight grocery business we cover the grocery industry nationwide okay so I have questions actually when it comes to food safety when we we'll talk about that in a moment as well because my husband has a lot of deli meat questions. Do you know anything about the deli meat situation? Yes. I just covered the story about the listeria outbreak that's going on right now. Uh, in uh, I believe six people have died. Oh, my God. No, even more than that, I think, across six states, okay. um, including Illinois. Uh, typically, though, listeria is really only a serious problem if you are pregnant, which I'm assuming Steve is not. No. Or very elderly, which, you know, Steve is not, or um, severely immunocompromised. Okay. Um, uh, and in those cases, they recommend that you heat your deli meat to, I believe, 160, 165 degrees. So you want to, like, pop it in the microwave, heat it up, and that will kill the oh. listeriosis uh, bacteria. Okay, this was the most fortuitous exchange in my own household. <laughs> Everything else, my husband's grateful for the conversations that we have when it comes to how to treat people, how to talk to each other, how we should address policy, how we should move forward in this country. Um, but I'm pretty sure that this Listeria conversation is the most important conversation to my household because my son Declan, uh, who has sensory issues, only eats certain types of food, one of them being uh, cheese and deli meat, like with uh, turkey mm-hmm. every single day. And so Steve Steve is like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now. So, Steve, I don't know if you're already at the grocery store, but now we know we just microwave it, pop you, in the microwave. You to want to warm it. The problem is, my understanding, and I am just a journalist and by no means an expert on this topic, the problem is it is super contagious, like in a deli setting. So, like the slicer, you know, right. can, you're slicing cheese, you're slicing turkey, you're slicing Ooh. all these different things, and it can uh, very easily be spread. So, it's like hard to know where it originated and hard to know like what is contaminated. And it seems like all the grocery stores are trying to take every precaution necessary and limiting the limiting the amount that they're selling cuz Steve said that they're out. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so he's there's a shortage. I'm guessing of, of sliced deli meat. Well, yes. Oh. Yes, that's that was uh so he's like I I, I don't know why uh is you know which brands uh, mm-hmm. it, are they trying to address it before it goes to the store so you have like your prepackaged yes. deli meats, right? Whether it's, you know, maybe your big companies like Oscar Mayer or I don't even know the other companies that do it like Sarah Lee I think does some of them yes yes well, yeah so it's hard to tell you know are they addressing it from that source and then as you mentioned in the deli itself how they slice it so that's just like and again folks uh, it seems like it's sort of a background store like a, as you mentioned people have died from this and it's scary and at the same time there are precautions that I don't think the stores or the companies are telling us here's how you can be safe right true yes true um, so 
Uh, I've been, anyway, Heather and Elliot are coming by tonight. Uh, I think Elliot's on his way as well. Um, so I've been cleaning the house, but I was listening to Joan and a great, oh my God, so many great conversations about how we can do better with recycling, reusing, repairing, all those things, upcycling. Uh, and you and I, uh, we try. So, I mean, I think everybody tries so hard. And then you hear stories in the background like, well, the city's not really picking up as much, but we try to do everything we can. Uh, and so I was cleaning the house and part of my world is not throwing things away because I can reuse them. <laughs> right? Do you have that problem too at home? Uh, sometimes. I, I, I alternate between that and then just wanting to like burn everything down yes. and throw everything out. Oh, I have yes. a dream of being able to have some sort of hydraulic lift on my house to tilt <laughs> everything so like all the dust and the sure. clutter yes. and crumbs and coins totally. and, and broken crayons can just like be tilted to the front of the house. I can just dust that up. But instead I have to do it little by little. But I think the bathroom is under control tonight, Heather. Well done. That's my, well done. <laughs> that's my priority. Uh, you have certainly over the last decade plus been to my home in various states of disarray. So whatever it is, I'm well, grateful for pizza and you and are company. Doing, and you are uh, going out tomorrow. To, uh, so you're coming to my house tonight yes. and we're going to have, uh, I haven't decided what, so deep dish pizza I think is what we're having tonight. Great. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, probably you? have it once a year and it's probably with you. So that's <laughs> outstanding. Do you have a favorite uh, topping on yours? Just the cheese and mushrooms? Uh, like mushroom? I love mushrooms. Yes. All right, because I'm going to order during the show. I'm okay. just saying that's the kind of night we're having. <laughs> I'm braiding my hair. If you're watching on, on Facebook Live, this is me running out of the house, uh, sweating. Uh, there's also... <laughs> So last night, this is all happening in real time. My brain is just imploding. Um, so since Declan came home from the hospital in August, we have sort of been trying to manage his his care, right? And so I, I mostly sleep next to him. I'm a heavy sleeper, and Declan will invariably wake up in the middle of the night. For those of you who don't know, my son Declan has severe uh, physical and intellectual disabilities and has some challenges, but spontaneously lost the ability to walk in May. And we spend about seven weeks at Shirley Ryan after a week at, uh, at Lurie's. I just got the bills, you guys. Anyway, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but since he's come home, he has lost some ground. Uh, and sometimes we'll you know, try to get out of bed, but not remember he can't walk. So I sleep on the floor next to him, and sometimes I can't. And Steve, because I, I suffer from migraines, and Steve will take over sometimes, um, which happened last week. And so Steve had some duty next to, uh, you know, he was on Declan duty, on Declan watch, making sure. Only because Steve takes care in the morning. Like, I have overnights, and Steve has the breakfast time, get him ready for school. I kind of uh, try to catch up with everybody in the morning and get him off too. And then last night at about 1030, I was in the kitchen and I heard something and I was like, I thought it was static for my radio. I thought maybe I had left. You ever like leave TikTok on? Like it just comes on mm -hmm. randomly. And so I was, and I just like, I just am so used to noises. I just figured, ah, whatever. And I walked into the living room and Steve walked into the kitchen. And he goes, what is that? And he kept trying to find the source of it. And we, I was like, I don't know. It sounds like the radio. And he's like, no, it sounds like something else. And he goes in the back porch. He goes, hey. Come over here. And there's people's gas, like digging up, like starting to cut the pavement down the middle of the street around the corner from us and spent all night. Wait, at 1030 at night? <laughs> well, it's gas. So presumably something, yeah, something was probably dangerous. I'm guessing there was a right. There were never any. Yeah, there were never any signs leading up to this. So we uh, so he's like, I think they're just cutting a line down the middle. But they were still working when we got Declan on the bus at 730 this morning. And they're working right now. And wow. so I, I'm leaving the house after trying to clean the house. I walk out and I see the truck parked in the handicap spot. 
And I thought, I, I get it, but no. Declan and Steve are coming home from physical therapy, and I need you to move. And I started having, like, this massive anxiety attack because a year ago, I got into a fight with a guy who was delivering water, like, bottled water to my neighbors. <laughs> and this guy, I went outside. I was like, hey, it just you're parked in a handicap spot. And he started yelling at me about how my brother's disabled. He lost his leg in the war, and he's not out here trying to feel sorry for himself. And I was like, well, I don't even know what conversation we're having. You are ill legally parked in a handicap spot and this is the guy from people's gas said we're just gonna be here for a few minutes or let us let us know when you need it i, I always you <laughs> right can, now you can today. never park here <laughs> anyway so that's so i came in hot heather's like i, I don't know i thought we were talking about turkey and deli meat <laughs> so i'm trying really hard to breathe right now um and they but the whole idea of like let me know when you need it a handicap family a, 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 a family that is facing a lot of challenges doesn't need you to be another obstacle in our way. Exactly. <sighs> Hi, Heather. How are you doing? <laughs> doing okay. Glad to be here. I'm happy to have you. So, uh, so I'm just, I, I just, that's where I am mentally. And, and I realize, do you ever like get angry at everything and then realize it's everything else happening as well? Yeah, oh, yes. At the definitely. top level. Yes. Do you spend much time on Twitter, like scrolling or? Yes. Yeah. Too much. Why? Why do we? I, I don't know. My. I will say from an, uh, you know, a sample size of one, my interactions on that site over the last 15 years have by and large been immensely positive. I have, okay. uh, you know, found sources for stories. I have, you know, interacted yes. with colleagues. I, I have not been subject to any sort of, you know, mass outrage or right. anything like it, it's really been a, a, a good space. And I would be sad to see it go because of that. I. I I prefer Facebook as far as those interactions and being able to I don't I don't write very well in a as a, as a yeah. journalist I find it super helpful like yes. today I uh, I actually saw it overnight when I was in bed uh, there's been a horrible another mass shooting this time at Walmart the country's largest grocery retailer I cover grocery i cover walmart um and so uh you know as far as finding sources and things uh the entire city of chesapeake and their police department is fully on twitter they're releasing statements they're releasing details about the incident uh i mean uh, in the olden days i would have had i'm in chicago you know what am i going to do to cover something in chesapeake virginia yeah. um it really uh makes my job a lot easier and provides you know information to our readers and all those things. And if only we had someone who took over that company who was committed to making sure that there were sources who could be trusted. Yeah, of course. In, yes. Including the police department and other journalists. Uh, and then we, and, and I don't know how you manage like people who go on and say, well, I don't know if the people who were shot in Colorado Springs were, it seems that they weren't Christians. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what's happening. Like It's Jenna Ellis who is saying these things. And at the same time, I was learning about the Chesapeake shooting and my husband would he's, he says, you know, why do you even look? Why do we need to know those things that are happening in Chesapeake that are happening? I knew b before everyone else woke up mm -hmm. in my house that there had been a shooting in Colorado Springs. And I, I he, he, you know, he's like, you're filling your brain with things as they're unfolding in a way that isn't necessarily manageable. And maybe that's what it is. We're all sort of like, we go for a sip of water and yes, we're getting pummeled totally. by this fire totally. hydrant that is just coming at us 100 miles an hour. Um, but at the same time, I'm grateful to know about the people who lost their lives. And, and I'm sure we'll learn more uh, about Chesapeake. And having worked in retail, 
uh, one of the things that people are starting to talk about in regards to uh, big companies like Walmart and Starbucks and is the stress levels. Mm-hmm. And I actually just mentioned this yesterday. I know Lady B was off yesterday. I was just talking about some of the really mean managers I'd had in retail throughout the years. I had over 40 different jobs. And one of the women that said she was in the break room at Walmart when the the shooting started said that this guy had been, this individual had been a problem for a long time, always seemed to want to start trouble with people. And I mean, but nobody ever thinks that the next issue, the next layer of that, we think of management as being the other, not that management is also being squeezed by corporate pressures as well. And there isn't retail doesn't have like I don't remember ever having any sort of mental health resources sure. or acts like, hey, if you're feeling stressed, call this number. There's nothing like the break room would have things like make sure you're getting your lunch, which is great. But like lunch is way down the yeah, yeah. list of things that I had worries about, like being mistreated, sexual harassment, you know, a lot of other issues. Let's talk a little bit more when we come back. We're having hang out with Heather Lally. She's the editor in chief of Winsight uh, Grocery. Tell me the entire title. Winsight Grocery Business. Thank you. Winsight Grocery Business, which I know, folks, if you're heading to the grocery store tonight, let's talk a little bit about that, too. If you're heading to the grocery to the store tonight, uh, take a deep breath. Godspeed. Godspeed. Take a deep breath. Uh, you know, think of your, it's a beautiful night out. Think of that part parking spot way far away from the front doors as a little, you know, as a meditation, as a way to breathe a little bit and get ready for what you're going to see in the grocery store and possibly around your uh, holiday table. More in a moment on Driving at Home. Thank you to our sponsor, Monaco Brewing. You can, if you're watching online, you can see our entire selection of Monaco brews, including uh, Choice Heart Seltzer. And uh, there's also now a Choice uh, Beer, which is very tasty as well. Is it on there? Uh, yes, it is. It's the Cole style choice. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Tonight on Democracy Now! The situation in Iran is critical, with reports of children being killed, injured, and detained at anti-government protests. We'll get an update. And finally, after Vice President Kamala Harris's visit to the Philippines, we'll speak with Filipino climate activist Yeb Sanyo about the creation of a loss and damage fund at the UN Climate Summit in Sharm el-Sheikh. All those stories and more tonight at 11 on WCPT 820. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. On January 6th, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. To the right, she never gets weary of being gullible and white. She's my QAnon girl. And like members of any cult, these folks seem willing to follow the directions of their leaders, no matter how irrational or insane or stupid they may be. She likes crazy leaders, she likes worshiping. She learned from a young age to believe anything she my QAnon girl She voted for Trump twice She bows at his feet He promised her he'd kill the liberal elite For my QAnon girl Here is what is expected of the members of a cult Excessively zealous and unquestioning commitment to the leader And to the leader's belief 
system, ideology, and practices as if they were the absolute truth, the absolute law. The leader dictates how members should act, think, and feel. And, of course, whether acts of treason are really patriotism. She's out at the... That's our good friend uh, Steve Goody from his album, What I Did During My Pandemic Vacation, and his song, uh, QAnon Girl. That was uh, in reference to uh, Jenna Ellis today, who said that, uh, wow, these, the people who were killed in Colorado Springs, uh, what we should really be worried about is, are their souls and how they live their lives, rather than the fact that they were murdered because people like her were spreading hateful, manipulative, terrorizing language and, and just, you know, making... Uh, I don't even I can't with people anymore. What I I was cleaning up today and I found uh, some buttons that a friend of mine had made up at a great store called Repchai, uh, Protect Trans Kids. And uh, there's beautiful buttons that my friend was, uh, she was traveling and she's like, I'm going down to Texas and I'm going to wear this on, uh, at a convention and uh, would anyone else like some? And I wear them on my jackets all the time. Heather Lally joins me in the studio. She's the uh, editor-in-chief for the Winsight Grocery Business, business uh, publication. And uh, we're talking a little bit about a lot of things in particular. We've talked a moment ago about the uh, shooting at the Walmart in Chesapeake, Massachusetts. Virginia. Okay, that's what I thought. I was wondering about where it was. So it's, oh my God. I've been there a lot, actually. That's where uh, my husband's family would uh, do their their summer vacations and things like that. Uh, So a fairly, I I think it's an affluent area, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah. They have like six Walmarts there. Wow. Seems like a lot of Walmarts. It's a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, And and, uh, it's... This is a very stressful time of year in in general. Uh, We try to measure ourselves. So when you when you report on something like this, when your publication is going to write about this, are you do you have to be mindful of the big corporations and like this is the story? We're just we're telling the facts because you are a journalist at at heart. Everyone that that works with you, you're telling the story. Yeah, I mean, I I reached out immediately to Walmart and they provided a a statement, which was all all I was expecting them to do. Um, We are actually. Um, yesterday, I was meeting yesterday, yes, with the main grocery association and a trio of um, violence prevention consultants who were specifically talking about, um, you know, active shooter um, incidents at grocery stores and what they are doing to, uh, you know, pre- prevent them, make them less terrible if they do happen, and then deal with the aftermath um, at these stores when when something like this happens. Mm. I mean, I literally was doing this interview yesterday for for a bigger story, and then we wake up wow. to this. Um, so, I mean, we had the top shooting in May. That was, you know, a racial hatred uh, shooting in Buffalo, New York. Um, and then uh, in August, there was shooting at a Safeway in Oregon. Um, grocery, I mean, the, the numbers uh, show that grocery is becoming more of a, uh, you know, a, a hotspot for this. Um. Horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying, and uh, and because Heather is a journalist working in, in an industry that covers you know both the business aspect of it and also these incidents, uh, I want to be mindful of uh, making sure that we have a delineation of what our opinions are and how we think about it. Uh, it is it's just heartbreaking to think, as President Biden uh, said today, there are going to be more Thanksgiving 
tables that have fewer people or if they're even able to gather uh, and want to celebrate uh, the same way uh, we traditionally do at this time of year and going into the holidays. I follow the families, a couple of uh, fathers who lost children in Nuvalde. Um, and Heather and I have known each other since our sons were both in kindergarten. And Heather also has a, a younger daughter. I have a younger son. And so we we tend to think about, you know, what you know, what these families go through, how we would react. We, do you remember when the boys our, were at Quinley and they had their first active shooter drill? Well, I believe our kids are roughly the same age as the Sandy Hook yes. kids. Uh, and to send, you know, the kids off to school that day was just yeah, uh, almost impossible to we, do. I can't even imagine, you know, what those families... Uh, we were on our way to uh, see Santa Claus that night. Um, I remember we were on our way because we would always go to uh, Northbrook Court was uh, our big place because it's a very, for a very shishi rich mall. Uh, it's always <laughs> I don't know why, but it's always empty and stays open. So we loved going there. And uh, yeah, we were in the car and, and our boys had to do I can't I think it was Mr. Brown was the code name of an active shooter. And so our kids had to know uh, if they were in the bathroom where to go, if they were in the classroom to go to the cloakroom, if they were all these different things at seven. I mean, it was weird. When, I, did you have to do nuclear holo- like the nuclear bomb mm. drills? I don't remember much of that. Mostly yeah. tornadoes in Minnesota. Yeah, because as uh, my son pointed out to you, you're not allowed to know how old I am, which is older than <laughs> so, you. So true. <laughs> right. Just a minute. Yes. Just a minute. Griffin uh, told Heather when she was volunteering at school that he was not allowed to tell her how old I am. I had not asked. For the record, I did not ask. Because he asked he, you how old he you He asked were. me how old I was, and then he said, my mom is... <gasps> I cannot tell you. <laughs> it was adorable. I think it's so funny that he asked you because he was trying to like compare. I guess like if my mom can't tell people how old she is, yeah. But uh, so we had we had nuclear uh, dr- nuclear bomb drills where we had to like hide under our desk, which was made out of like duck and cover. <laughs> just made out, yeah. like, apparently, so I could have uh, a desk basically welded to me. <laughs> that's that's what I remember thinking. It was like ah, I've kind of seen some of the videos of what this does. Yeah. Well, so much, I mean, so much of it is obviously theater. It's like safety theater. Like we had hygiene yes. theater during the pandemic. Like you feel better that some of these safety things have been put in place, but they actually don't do anything. We see this at, you know, airports where everybody's taken off their shoes. Uh, you know, what is that? Yeah. What, what point is that serving at right. this point? Right. I mean, I, that's a good point about the uh, the airports. It, there comes a point where how far have we gone and nothing can like never let our guard down. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And I get it. I guess the, the chances of it happening again, then I would assume that we I would think that we've gotten better at some things where we could take different precautions now. Let's take a break here. Uh, Let me pull my thoughts together because Jim is on hold. I will take your call when we come back from our break. We have got a message from the station as well as traffic coming up in just a moment on Driving at Home. We're in studio with Heather Lally, the editor-in-chief of Winsight Grocery and Business Publication. Grocery Business? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll get it right eventually. (laughs) There's new information. Explosive new information. It's how every day starts. The need for information. Get the info you need from Santita Jackson. Weekday morning starting at 6 on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Oh, you guys. It's the holiday weekend. 
one of my favorite, traditionally one of my favorite holidays. Joining me in studio is the editor-in-chief of Wintrust Grocery Win- Biz- uh, Winsight. That, I, that's why I stopped earlier, because I knew okay. I was going to say that. Winsight Grocery Business, Heather Lally. And now joining us as well is the, uh, I don't know what your title is anymore, Elliot Serrano. I give up on what your title is, yes? Well, well first off, you know me as the chief geek officer for... Yes. Patty, Patty Vasquez anywhere. <laughs> yes. it's uh, It used to be pretty late. Now it's just uh, five to seven. Five to seven. And if, but it feels late. It does. It does feel um, late. But uh, yes, I'm the uh, manager of uh, community engagement. Okay. If that, but if my title gets changed, too. So I since I forget. Why don't you be director? Because I've been calling you director. I know. Of... I keep waiting for that uh, that promotion. But it's, you're manifesting it in the mm-hmm. universe. So just keep manifesting it. It's been six years, Elliot. It, I know. <laughs> the problem is I keep knocking it down is the problem, is the thing. But okay. yes, manage, uh, manager of community engagement for the Anti-Cruelty Society. I, uh, I, w- I was just reading a thing, you know, you have like on your scroll, as we were mentioning about just flipping through social media. And uh, I can't remember his real name, but Curly from the Three Stooges yes. apparently was a huge uh, rescuer of dogs. He had in his contract that they would only let him have two dogs on the lot at the studio. But everywhere he went, anytime he was traveling, because as vaudevillians, they would go from town to town, and he would always find, try to find a, a stray dog and find a dog home for a forever yeah. home. Yeah, he's he's credited. They they want to say he, within his career and all his travels, he's saved at least five thousand dogs. So for a singular person doing everything In that the he 30s did, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, five thousand no animals. Yeah, it's he amazing. was a huge, huge, uh, a huge lover of dogs, especially pit bulls too. He was say he had a whole bunch of animals out of his own pit, pit, pitties of his own. Mind you, that was back when um, um, the the pit bull wasn't considered such a, a right. you know again a vicious creature. Blah blah blah. Um, because at the same time, you had the little rascals with Petey. And the pit bull was the, one of the most beloved breeds in America, um, and they were very, very popular. I mean, there's the stories about them. Petey uh, from the Little Rascals visiting with the Three Stooges, and that the, how much they love themselves. Oh, yeah. see, I thought yeah. sure a happy story. See what I did yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. nicely done. I just saw that. I, and Curly, by the way, was although I did like Shemp as well. Well, he did but, come. Shemp is first. Yes. Shemp came first. I, I, I remember when I discovered the Three Stooges, I knew Curly first. Yes, me and too. I, and I thought that Shemp replaced Curly, not realizing that I was watching. Three Stooges episodes out of order, right? You know, and it, yeah. slowly I turned step, step by step. step. Sorry, <laughs> Niagara Falls. <laughs> I'm, it's a whole no. thing I'm missing out on. It's so, so sorry. I love the Three Stooges growing up. I, I, I think there are people like my husband is a Marx Brothers guy. Yes, uh, which I like the Marx Brothers as well. Uh, and I, I like it's not until you get older and you see kind of how mean Mo was and like Larry often at the. The, the yeah. receiving end of just a lot of cruelty. The slapstick, right? Yes. I mean, I remember as a kid, um, I was I was like you. I wasn't so into the the slapstick of the Three Stooges, the slapping, the poking, and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think, and with you know, with the Marx Brothers, with Groucho, and I don't think um, Mo Mo gets enough credit, or the Stooges get enough credit. For their scripts, yes. for the malapropisms, for the f- back and forth, the the the, the rapid fire dialogue between yes. them. I mean, before Aaron Sorkin, before David Mamet, before you know um, Elmore Leonard, you had Mo Howard. You know, and he was writing some hilarious, exactly <laughs> hilarious dialogue, and and again, and the malapropisms would would, yes. would crack me yeah. up. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I'd go, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I want burnt toast and a rotten egg. Burnt toast and a rotten egg? Yeah, I got a tapeworm, and that's good enough for him. <laughs> and as a kid, you're like, 
What? What? Then as you get older, you go, oh. oh. <laughs> I don't believe in no sanity clause. That's the Marx Brothers. But yeah, yeah there's a, yeah. We, I was more of a Marx Brothers. Yeah, my yeah. husband is. Well, I was yeah. more of a Three Stooges. Uh, they were just, but Mo was just so mean. And then uh, there was, I think this Bobby Slayton has a bit about uh, traveling to, see, this is the thing, is that the meanness of the Three, the three Stooges, I saw culminate in Bobby Slayton, who was talking about going to China and everyone has the same haircut. And he was like, do they all just have a picture of Mo on their wall? And go, oh, do you want Mo? You want Mo? You want Mo? I'm like, okay, this is not great. <laughs> well, and, and they would even say, they would they would lament it later that when they would make appearances, little kids would treat them like, like the characters. They'd they kick get, them and punch yes. them and poke them. Yes. And they'd feel like, oh, geez, you know, because that's what they got the kids to do. That's what we did, yeah. And, and they, they got hurt sometimes. Oh, sure. I, think, I believe there's one episode, there, well, there's one movie, I keep saying episode in terms of, of television, where these were movies that they were making, where um, apparently um, Mo got a concussion. He had a serious concussion doing a bit. And if you watch it, I mean, he finished the scene, but you can tell he is out of it. You know, I think he went through a door or fell or something and then got up. Hit and with a ladder. Yeah. Or, and, yeah. He, and he just starts wobbling because he knew he had to finish the scene. Yeah. And it's Show like, business, baby. That's sheesh. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Um, hold on. Let me give this to, uh, one second. Lady B, we're going to do Maggie. I'm trying to figure out what time between six and seven. We'll do uh, committee woman Maggie O'Keefe in the six o'clock hour. Uh, she is uh, possibly working on another campaign. Have you guys met Maggie? I feel like my, you've met Maggie. Yes. I don't know that you have. She won't be in studio. She'll be on the phone. But she is a uh, champion of registering voters, getting people engaged in elections. Uh, let me take a call real quick because Jim's been on hold for a little bit. Uh, Jim, you're going to make me cry because you always remind me of my dad. How you doing, Jim? How are you? Happy Thanksgiving to you and your guests. You, now you got my mind racing. Yeah. My mother was crazy about animals. Uh, save a pet. I used to wear that Save a Pet shirt to the track. It was one of the luckiest shirts I had. And then, and uh, I was going to say, when I was younger, my had a friend worked in the post office. We're smoking a joint drink, and I said, I just kidding him. I said, well, you know, because people were going postal in those days. And I said to him, I said, do you... Uh, uh, what do you think? He goes, I got every exit covered. I got, every, I got a gun. I mean, it, was a, it was like a military operation with this guy. That's, like, you know, that's in the 90s. This is how crazy we become, you know, shooting people left yeah. and right. But what I want to say was the Republican strategists uh, are pairing her out because the independent voters were supposed to go, uh, because of the inflation thing, were supposed to go Republican. And they can't figure out why they split tickets and, and became Democratic. Now, you knocked on doors. How many independents did you actually uh, talk to? Could you, could you sense it? Yeah. Could you sense it was an independent? Well, or? It's a hard question because what you do as a candidate is you're given when you the doors that we knocked on were the list that we had were all previous Democratic voters. Like in primaries, we have we they have the data of who had voted as Democrats before, whether or not they voted as Democrats while having an independent approach to it. I didn't. I mean, I, I would say a small handful of people that were. Well, because yeah, I was running point. A, I mean, yeah. to 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 to, uh, to identify these, but but that, that's what they're. Uh, I think it's an excuse, really, on their part. But they're going to that as a uh, as a, uh, a reason why they blew the uh, midterms. 
Uh, and I want to say that uh, my bookie gave me a huge odds on uh, Warnock. And, uh, yes? He, he, according to the bookie, he can't lose. He's, uh, uh, you can get 400 to 1 on Herschel Walker. So, but I've seen favorites go down, Patty. So, you know what I mean? I, you know, Sorry, did you I've say seen four, a lot of favorites go down. Did you say 400 day. to 1? But yeah, it was 400 to 1. I could get 400 to 1 on Herschel Walker. On Herschel yeah, Walker or against her? I'm sorry. I'm Herschel Walker. But he, oh, I see. His chances Warnock, are slim. Warnock, gotcha. Yeah. Warnock's a prohibitive favorite. Prohibitive yeah. favorite, but I've seen prohibitive favorites go down. Please believe me. Yeah. So sure. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to discourage anybody from voting. Everybody's got to vote. But anyway, you guys have a great Thanksgiving, and thanks for taking my call, Thank Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Uh, I would say, so I posted on Twitter today, I woke up and, like, sometimes I'll wake up and be like, I'll just retweet and comment on something, and it was uh, Herschel Walker talking about, he was doing a radio or podcast, and the host was asking, well, why Why do you, you know, why do you play Russian roulette? Why do you want to kill yourself? And Herschel Walker's like, I don't want to kill myself. When someone comes into my house and they want to challenge me, I'm like, here, here's my gun, and, uh, you know, and receive the bullet, you know, and if they don't want to do it, I'll take it and I'll put it to my head. And I'm like, ah! it's it. <laughs> what Bonkers. is happening? So I basically tweeted out that this this is uh, encapsulates the mindset of the GOP, right? Like, in order to prove my uh, superiority, I will put a gun to my head to make to own you. <laughs> like, it literally seems like the philosophy of the GOP. Blowing my head off to pwn the liberals. <laughs> And you know what someone replied with? They essentially went after uh, Fetterman. Uh, I like John Fetterman's answer. Good evening, purple eggplant, brain no work, drivel, onion, my diaper's full, was how a a Republican responded. Uh, Although uh, Herschel Walker is not running against John Fetterman. John Fetterman has won. But this is all they have. So they essentially verified my assertion that Herschel Walker encapsulates what the Republican Party stands for. Yeah, like where is the... uh the experience, where's the expertise? Where, uh, how about this? Where are the complete sentences that make sense? You know, where's the vision? Where's this person that says, okay, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, it's, I believe the average person, if you, you know, should be able to get up there and, and make their voices heard and give their ideas. I'd say, even if Herschel Walker came with these crazy ideas from the right, I'd be like, okay, at least they're actual ideas. But there are no ideas. He offers nothing of substance. He doesn't say, this is what the problem is, and this is how I'm going to solve it. You know, he just says, well, that's what they say over there. He just makes headlines for saying crazy, ridiculous things. Yeah. Yeah. And and whatever happened, I mean, remember when we used to say we wanted to vet our candidates and the, 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 the media would go in and they would say stuff and, you know, now they have to answer to that and we have to decide if they're qualified on those things. That doesn't even count anymore. It was like, yeah. it, uh, it reminds me, I've, I've just got into this show called Yellowstone. I don't know if you've Kevin seen Costner. It. Kevin Costner. And there's, it's in the first season. So I know a lot of folks are out there. If you're not watching the show, I won't, I'll try not to spoil this. But he, there's this one scene where he wants his daughter to run for office because he knows that there's, there are these folks kind of like scheming to buy his ranch and take over his land. So he wants his daughter in office to like get in the way and, uh, uh, you know, block that. But she's, got a lot of issues. She's got a past. She's got a drinking problem. She does some crazy things. And she goes to her dad, well, what? She goes, I'm never going to get past the vetting. He goes, we don't vet candidates anymore. 
Wow. You know, and we don't. No. You know, just like that. Well, and that, like, that's it, exactly why I ran for office was I didn't feel like there was anybody who could speak from the experience of having a, uh, either being uh, someone who ch- has t- uh, challenges when it comes to intellectual disabilities or physical disabilities and uh, or a parent as I was. And uh, and man, they, they don't they don't want. I, as far as like vetting me, uh, at least I've been vetted already. We got it all out there. All they found, all they found were things that they could just make up out of thin air. That, that that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it, that that part's too. But I, it, I mean, it, it's insane. Um, but but it's interesting that that's like the we need somebody in office in order to protect our land. And like, but that's literally why a lot of people are in office was either from their own, you know, wanting the, like their small business owners or their lawyers, and they think they understand the law. It's not necessarily just them. But it's the powers behind them. They're like, if we can, if we promise this person twenty thousand dollars for their next campaign, or and then they'll have to answer to us. And like, look, the special interests do the same thing. I, I met with the charter schools, and they said we just want to know that we can have meetings with you. And I'm like, I don't believe in anything that you're doing <laughs> right now in a lot of ways, except that I do know that there are children of color who do go to charter schools, and it's their only choice in a lot of places. Like a lot of Latinos and a lot of kids that are uh, from Black communities don't. Don't have as the same kind of options like our kids did at Coonley. Look, our kids were in what was called an options program. There was in the entire time maybe three kids of color from kindergarten till sixth grade. That was that was it. And they largely were not supported no. and ended up leaving the program. Yes. Yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah. It was yes. a mess. Charter charter schools want your money. They don't want to make your kids better. Uh, I, uh, we should all want to make our kids better. Yeah. How about magnet schools, Mr. Whitney Young? And, and well, magnet schools are different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, magnet schools no. go everywhere, but no, I mean, yeah. But we we everyone should have the opportunity to be yeah. at Lane Tech or at Whitney Young or at Jones Prep. I still don't know how I got on the Whitney Young. I really don't know. I think someone like put rigged it for me but it's the chicago way to get me in there <laughs> no but it was gave us a great experience and i got to be around so many different kids of different cultures of other races and it was you know that is something where it was in my you talk about age um i was on the cusp of when we were really desegregating schools in chicago you know, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, my, my, I went to, it's funny, I was like the only Latino in a white school. <laughs> and it was, that was uncommon. I was like the only kid there. And um, it would be uh, afterwards, it would really start, it would start changing things up. And the, the neighborhood pushed back. They were not happy about it. So. <sighs> Having been the only Latina at uh, Onahan right here in this neighborhood, uh, I, yeah. No. And, and I and I people will think, well, you don't look Latina, but I've shown you pictures of when I was little. I was much darker, uh, and I, I and we've, I've been telling the story. Uh, let me take a break here, and let's talk about no uh, about booger pick, picking, uh, <laughs> booger eating uh, Ken, who called in uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'll tell you why I call him that. More in a moment on driving it home. In studio with me is Heather Lally. She's the editor in chief of Winsight Grocery Business Publication, and Elliot Serrano, the manager of community outreach at the Anti Cruelty Society. Did I get it? No. Gosh. What You'll a, get there. You'll get there. The, uh, community you know, engagement. Community engagement. Okay, I know. It even confuses me. Community engagement. Because it just changed over. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We got to tell my bosses that it's they got to quit it with the, the changing, little the changing. Names, yeah. uh, just make me a director of whatever. And, and, and raise the pay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Patty Vasquez. Now in a moment, uh, we'll take a break and we'll get your calls as well. Dave's on hold. And uh, let's see. Oh, we got texts coming in. 773-763-9278. We're driving home till 7 now. Yay!
WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Joining me in studio are two of my very good friends, Heather Lally. Uh, she's the editor-in-chief of Windsight Grocery Business Publication at Elliott Serrano, who's the manager of community engagement at the Anti-Cruelty Society. Uh, no notes necessary. Uh, I, no <laughs> I just did a fist pump right there. <laughs> yes! Been, I've been binge-watching uh, The Crown, so I'm trying very hard not to use a terrible British accent, by the way. Uh, I've been watching the... Uh, I, I, Raleigh. Yeah. Have, have you watched any of this? I have not oh my watched God. it. I'm guessing, Elliot, you don't. No, okay. I, I, but I did just watch um, Spirited, the... The Will Ferrell, Ryan Goss, uh, oh. Ryan Reynolds, uh, a Chris, Christmas Carol remake, uh-huh. which is brilliant and uh-huh. funny. And uh, Ryan Reynolds does a really, he does at one point, does a, affects a Cockney accent, which uh, Will Ferrell goes, yeah, your accent blows. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that you were also enjoying that uh, viewing uh, s- situation with uh, aviation gin, which is uh, yes, which yes. is uh, what Ryan Reynolds. Uh, that's, that's well, good. he sold it. He no longer yes. owns aviation gin. Oh. The guy buys things, ra- you know, because of his association with it. He raises the value of it. And then he sells it. Does Clooney still have his tequila? I think Clooney still does have his yes. tequila. Yes. Yeah. Casamigos. Yeah. <gasps> so yes. when Declan was at the hospital, let's just say, I there, so there's an aged Casamigos, Casamigos that was, uh, they recommended it to me at, uh, uh, there were so many restaurants I went to when I was there, but he was like, it's got kind of a caramel. I'm like, got it. Yes. Whatever that is. I want caramel. Use a caramel. Dave from Hoffman Estates is on the line with us. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, first of all, to you and Lady D and and some of them in uh, Patty land out there, you know, like Roosevelt, Earl, Judy, Gunny, you know, just off the top of my head. Aw. Jim and Brian, yes. Nick, yeah, yeah, Judy, yeah, yep. Yeah. All that. And Steve. And and Matt, our friend Matt, who's happy now that we're on past six. <laughs> These are all our regulars, yep. Um, When you were talking about, like, with the three Fuges and that, I'm being real good with, you know, uh, with dogs and stuff. I found out this morning, I was watching, I don't know if any of you watched Morning Joe, when they were doing this uh, Howard Stern interview. And he's a huge adopter of pets, to find out. that He talked, I think he had about like 2,000, you know, dogs or cats and that, that he's adopted out to oh, wow. various people. I was surprised, you know, when I heard that one. In fact, I think Joe and Mika got a cat from him, from what he was saying. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'll, I'll finally cut Joe a little slack then, you know, for for adopting a cat because there's a lot of stuff you've been saying lately that's been driving me nuts. It's like, okay, if I know he's got a cat, he rescued a cat. I'll cut him. Yeah, I'll, I'll, meatball, he said. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this? Yeah, they got it from uh, Howard Stern. Yeah, Morning Joe. Morning they, Joe. The guy oh. is Morning Joe. Yeah, don't watch that show. Yeah, I'm not saying I've yeah. listened to him, and I was like, lately he's just been going off the rails. But but if he's got a cat, I'll 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 cut him. I'll, we got I'll some be cat fans in the studio. Yeah. Yep. But, um, and on a sad note, I'm thinking of like you guys are we're just talking about this latest you know shootings, and I tell you, I'm, I'm waiting to see something like that happen up at the, like, UPS or something. Because if you remember earlier this year, remember some of them drivers passed out from the heat? Because they ain't got air-conditioned. Uh, well, I think some of the Amazon drivers, too, uh, the stress that they're yeah, under to get yeah, the packages yeah, delivered. Yeah. They're going to the bathroom in Coke bottles. and 
uh, yeah. not able to take yeah. breaks. Yeah, that waiting for to read about one of them yet soon enough. But enough of that. On a on a kind of a light note, there got a you know with the eve of uh, Halloween and or not Halloween. Let's check that again. Let's try Thanksgiving. And sure. That was a month off here, but uh, I usually try to watch that uh, the, the old uh, WKRP episode. Sure. The one where. Where they did the Thanksgiving one when they dropped in the like, yeah. out of the helicopter and with and God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. fly. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all the uh, down feathers and stuff in his on his suit and hat and head there. Such a great that series. Like yeah. that, that, oh, it was ahead of its time. I'm telling you. And uh, they and they're the only ones that covered that uh, tragedy of the Who that time. In when the kids got trampled in that. Yeah, they had the episode about the uh, the Who concert in that took place in in Cincinnati. A lot of those kids got um, um, killed, trampled up against oh the God. stage. What happened then? And that was the first time a sitcom actually tackled something that um, serious. I mean, well, Maud did too. Maud took tackled uh, abortion. I think that all all the family tackled uh, breast cancer and rape. rape yeah, I would say. Yes, and I, and I would I would say no one would expect though a show about a radio station yes. to talk about kids getting killed yes, at a concert. Yeah. So yeah, the family series I would say the family centered series yeah. tried to right, um, but no, you're right. I think that in a real time like a news story, yes. a news story. I think a serious news story right. like that would right. be right. Thanks, Dave. I got to run to a break. All right, you guys have a good holiday, Matt. Thank you so well. much. Be well. Take care. Thanks, Dave. Let's take a break here. We're going to check in with our friend Maggie O'Keefe, the committee woman for the 40th District. Talk about registering voters. Uh, talk about the municipal races coming up. Uh, Heather and I live in Cook County in Chicago, so we'll, we've got uh, a mayoral race ahead of us. I don't know that you do out near, out in the suburbs. We're not done, Heather. And we'll never be done with democracy. Let's never just, be done. Never be done. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. You are listening to Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're here until 7 o'clock. Joining me in studio is Heather Lally, the editor-in-chief for Windsight Grocery Business Publication, and Elliot Serrano, who is the manager of outreach engagement at the Anti-Cruelty Society. And uh, something that I think all of us really didn't uh, fully understand for a long time, and maybe we still don't, is the role of committee people in the city of Chicago. And joining me on the air is Maggie O'Keefe, the committee woman for the 40th Ward. And uh, she is a warrior when it comes to registering voters and energizing people in the community to know where their polling places are, who's on the ballot, and uh, and also slating candidates. It's a lot to cover. First of all, I love you, Maggie. How are you doing today? <laughs> I love you too, and I wish I was in studio with both of you. Oh, and Elliot, Elliot, and Heather, all through, all, all four of us having a party. Oh, all three. Oh, yes. All four. Yes. 
What it, uh, you can come over to my house later if you want. And Steve's like, I told you not so many people. <laughs> uh, I love that. We have not had a chance to catch up too much since the general. It, it's can you believe it's been two weeks and uh, since the general election, and then you left for uh, warmer climes to decompress a little bit, and now you've got your yeah. sleeves rolled up and back to work uh, because we do right. Democracy is not something where we go, okay, that's done, and let's rest. Really, right? I mean. I mean, rest is always necessary for mental, emotional, and physical health. So, yes, I went down to Mexico, and as I posted on Facebook, I was charging my batteries because I'm clearly a... uh I'm cl- clearly a uh, uh, an electric vehicle. <laughs> Fair enough. So we we were uh, in Illinois. Uh, we gained some ground that that maybe people weren't aware of. Like the Supreme Court elections were the ones that you know Heather and Elliot uh, and I. None of us live in the Supreme Court districts that were on the line, and yet it can affect our lives. And so those are really important races. So congratulations to all of us and the candidates that you were helping out with. How does that feel looking at the landscape of uh, what? to get through and make sure that Elizabeth Rochford and Mary Kay O'Brien were successful in their bids? I mean, I feel so grateful that I was able to get to know both of those women because I was up in Lake County for Anthony Vega for Lake County Clerk as his CM. And so we were working very closely with Elizabeth Rochford's campaign because Lake County was really the county of votes um, from Democrats. And then, you know, I was hired to to work on Mary Kay O'Brien's race to do PR comms. Um, I learned, you know, you learn something, hopefully, um, every time you go into an experience. I learned that, no, 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 I cannot do anything for 90 days. No, I cannot be a campaign manager and a PR communications professional for one of the uh, most important races around the country. So I learned that. um, But... What I will say about both Mary Kay O'Brien and Elizabeth Rochford is that their determination and uh, uh, professionalism throughout the whole experience, given, you know, they were called every name in the book, I think, um, tells you so much about how they're going to how they're going to lead, uh, you know, and be on uh, on the Supreme Court. So I am just so grateful to the voters. Uh, and really happy that they are the ones in those seats uh, against their opponents. And I'll, that's, I'll leave it at that. Well, and that's that's the thing is that you have you have run for office uh, prior to running for committee woman of the 40th ward. So you have the ground experience of what it means to engage with voters. Uh, Heather came door knocking with me and saw the grind that that can be. Uh, Elliot was involved in uh, some of the the office I- issues of like trying to like energize volunteers. It's it is, it, you know, if, I think the best way for people to understand better about how outcomes are reached is to get involved at that level, don't you think? Of course. I mean, we can't complain without doing, right? Um, And so having uh, volunteers out there on doors, whether you're brand new to it or a veteran to it, you know, every campaign is different. Every cycle is different. So you can't ever can't just look at like one campaign that you've worked on or whatever or watched and and think that it you can just replicate that it 
always has its unique circumstances. And so if you are somebody that has never knocked a door or made a phone call for a candidate uh, or for an issue that is really that you're impassioned by, I strongly recommend doing it. Uh, It Sure, it sounds scary, and then you do it, and then it's not so scary. And you just do it again, and you do it again, and you feel better. I mean, uh, did you feel better, like, going out on doors after a long day of, like, you know, trying to raise money, and then you're out there knocking on doors and talking to people and convincing them to, like, come out not only to vote, but hopefully vote for you? Like, did you, like, it always makes me feel better when, I, when I'm when i knocking on doors personally. I agree. Well, and and to be fair, like I I also have a, a weird sort of like I'm not I'm not a celebrity, but so I was out knocking doors for a candidate <laughs> in my neighborhood and I, I was in the uh, Wildwood area, which is uh like um huh? yeah, so it's like Tui and uh and Lehigh. And I was I just needed one more signature. I was I was almost I needed to go home. And I was like I just I just want to get this this sheet filled. And uh, this guy was cleaning this vintage car and uh, I had seen it when I started, I knew I knew what my my path was going to be for fin- finishing this neighborhood, and uh, I saw him out cleaning his car. I go, hey, uh, I love your car, and I introduced myself. He goes, I know who you are, Patty Vasquez, and he goes, I love listening to you on WCPT. Give me that clipboard. So I kind of have a little bit of an advantage sometimes. It's well, yeah, it's I mean, wonderful. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very lucky that uh, but uh, you know most people and Heather will tell you like it, it's not easy is it Heather to oh my gosh it? I found it so exhausting the very limited number of times I I did it in support of your campaign and you were like the energizer bunny it was like like you 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 got energy from this experience where I found it like soul sucking um, yeah uh, it was amazing it was amazing to watch. You have to be an extrovert in order to, like, I gain energy from other people, right? Um, I I don't just sit at home and, like, recharge, right? Uh, I have to go down, I have to fly all the way down to Mexico to do that, to be with other people from around the world. But, you know, it's, it really, it, it is not for everyone. That is certainly true, but at least you gave it your best shot. You really did, yeah. And, yeah. And you probably made a difference, so... Absolutely. And, and by the way, Heather will tell you that my place to go away is a, a barn in Valparaiso, Indiana, with 25 acres. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get that uh, that farm back again. And since you've recharged, uh, what I was mentioning before we came back on the air during the break was that, uh, you know, the, while we can, you know, kind of recharge a little bit and take stock of what happened, you know, Chicagoans are in the midst of yet another election to decide on our alder people, on our mayor and offices in between. Uh, what what are your thoughts looking ahead to uh, February of how this is going to shape up and how can people get involved so that they know? Because the older people are some of the most important people in our lives in Chicago, aren't they? Of course. I mean, that's your rats, your cats, your garbage, your potholes, your constituent services, and who represents you down in city council. Um Gosh, that is such a, a, a wide question, Patty. What are my thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> are you excited? How's that? Sure. Uh, of course. I mean, elections are exciting. I think if we look at the data from this primary, we did not 
see as many people come out to vote as we did in 2018, which means, you know, in 2019, we had more people coming out to vote than we had in previous years. So we're probably going to see a dip again in people turning out to vote. Let's place on top of that as well, right, with the Secretary of State's office doing automatic voter registration, we're automatically going to see lower turnout because we have people automatically registered to vote that maybe would not have would not have registered otherwise. So the discrepancy there is growing and we're going to continue to see that discrepancy grow as we go. Um, But if we think about how we talk to voters now, I think, and what we talk to voters now, I still think, even though it doesn't really penetrate, I still think we're going to see choice as a main motivator for people coming out to vote for a specific candidate. Um, And uh, that's just like my two cents, um, just because that is something that is still unresolved and will continue to be unresolved. Elliot looked uh, disappointed and uh, chagrined by the fact that I would say chagrin was chagrin. looking in your face about uh, the, yeah, the, it's the like, turnout. I, 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 here's a question: if 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 you if you had a take on this, I don't understand why it is that when the the everyday is going on, people are not shy about expressing how they feel about a particular. Uh, person in office, how they're doing, this, that, or the other. Oh, Lori Lightfoot, this, that. Uh, You know, uh, my alderman, this, that. And 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 you hear it, and they're very vocal on on social media everywhere. Ta ta ta. And yet, when it actually comes to saying, I don't like this politician. I want them out. They don't show up at the ballot. They don't show up at the polling place. They don't vote. And it, it drives me nuts. I, I said, we said in the beginning, if you vote, you get to complain. But it seems like people would rather than complain than actually use their vote. Yeah. The, the voting, I agree with you fully. In Chicago, though, I feel very disheartened by the aldermanic system uh, and trying to effect change in our communities because uh, some of these folks seem so entrenched. Yes. And it is very, very, very hard, uh, it seems, to mount a campaign against them or vote them out or uh, change anything if you happen to be stuck with a dud of an alderman. Oh, uh, again, but I, I'm sorry, uh, Ms. O'Keefe, I don't know what your, if your take would be more along that lines or <laughs> agreeing with that or... Go ahead, Jack. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say one way. It's not a binary answer, right? It's not like, yes, I agree. No, I don't agree. I think, you know, we have to meet people where they are. And um, let's be honest, a municipal election in the coldest month of the year uh, in pitch darkness um, <laughs> You know, uh, and just all these other extraneous factors that are, are, you know, we just put people through the ringer on coming out to vote in November 8th, and now we're asking them to do it again. I mean, it's all by design, right? Like like what Heather was talking about, right? Like being disheartened or whatever about the situation. So we have to recognize that, like, yeah, I I mean, I think it's just human nature for people to complain. You know, why Why do we as humans buy food we won't eat and then we waste all this food? I mean, it's just, it's very 
to me, I, I see those things as very similar. It's just, it's just human nature to complain about something that you feel hopeless about. Um, and so that's why when you're talking about an opportunity here, I mean, we have a huge opportunity. I think 14 older people are retiring. I think almost the entire lakefront is retiring. Wow. Uh, it's huge. It's such a huge opportunity. And let's see who brings themselves to the table to meet the moment. Um, it's the candidate's job to talk to the voter. And if they are not able to penetrate, then they're not going to win. That's just the way that it is. I'm, uh, I, I know where Heather lives. Uh, I don't mean that in a menacing way. I, mean, <laughs> I know what older person that she's talking about and, and that the choices feel limited. Uh, you know, look, we Heather and I live in what I call the uh, first responder triumvirate. We have, in a, you know, the whole the tip of the northwest side is Posado, Napolitano and Gardner. And uh, it can seem like a, the sort of uh, monolithic force, you know, in the, in the communities, which where we have a lot of first responders that live more. Less so in well, no. Heather's area has like Dunning and mm-hmm. uh, and those communities, and and so I think part of that, you know, there every there are certain candidates that seem to have a lot of institutional support that makes it harder for voices to rise. In in sort of contrast to that, and I know that's uh, I believe Spasados uh, upset that I I dinged him on social media, and and I I assure you, Alderman Spasado, if I'd known how personally you would take things that I say, I would be much more sensitive about your feelings going forward i promise um Aww. yeah i just want to make sure that uh, that we're clear on well, that you know they say you know men can be very sensitive yes and they react ir- irrationally yeah. I, I i thought that yeah. he was a tougher and dude than paid. that yeah and they get paid more for it yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's it, it's going to be an interesting uh municipal race and then of course we have the the mayoral race so what are your what uh, you know i know that you're just gearing up uh petitions are just going in and by the way can i, I mean, let me ask my guests in studio before had you ever even before me even considered what it meant to turn in signatures and petitions and things like that no had ever no, i no. actually was involved yeah, were, in some other ones before yeah yes. it's crazy yes it is and it's a whole event like had mm-hmm. you know that there's a huge like getting in line first or not showing up being on the bat like where your name placement is like i i and so uh maggie to that um when i saw folks turning in their petitions my heart was uh, i had my only experience was going down to springfield with our good friend tom Carmick, and uh mm-hmm. and and so you know i've we've talked about him on and off uh in the last few weeks since losing him uh it is i i, I think you and i both are of the mind that we carry a lot of do you hear tom in your head sometimes like <laughs> like shaking his head much. yes <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I, I just I just think of him uh, judging the people that showed up and their and their nonsense. I can't use a language that Tom and I would use in regards to uh, people running for office. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But how are you gearing up now? What What are some of the things that? And we'll talk later. You know, as time goes by, uh, what your path in this election will be as far as uh, campaigns. But what do you want people to know about you know, being more informed uh, when it comes to the Chicago elections? Oh, boy. Uh, Well, first of all, check your voter registration because the likelihood of your polling place changed is very high. We have gone through a polling consolidation here in the city of Chicago. I know in the 40th Ward, we went from 39 precincts to 23, um, which changed my polling location for Election Day. Um, So 
you know, make sure you check, make sure you're registered to vote at your current address, make sure you're registered, you check your registration and make sure you know where your polling place place is located. In terms of what is on the ballot, um, this is a high candidate uh, uh, petition drive, meaning we have mayor. I think there's 13 people who have said they want to run. Um, although I, Ray Lopez just dropped out. Yay. Um, <laughs> so 12, maybe 12 people running for mayor. So you'll see up, you know, upwards to 12 people on your ballot. Underneath that, you'll see aldermen. So depending on, uh, you know, which, which ward you live in, you could see up to, I don't know, six people on your ballot, depending on if it's an open seat or what have you, or not an open seat. I mean, Alderman Daniel Espada in the first ward, I think there were five or six people that submitted petitions. We have city clerk, which is currently Anna Valencia, and we have city treasurer, which is Melissa Conyers-Urban. But this year is the police board, the community police board. It's the first installation of democracy uh, when it comes to keeping our police accountable um, and so the community police board is broken out by police districts. So now police districts are voting districts. Oh, my <laughs> God. Make it more complicated. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and so we're going to see people running for these positions in every police district. There are three community um police board positions. So whoever gets the top three, uh, you know, vote getters uh, win that, that election. Um, we, I can go on about that position if you would like, if anyone in the studio knows about this as well. Uh, I, I'm trying to bite my tongue. So let me give me some time. Because <laughs> I, I, I know some of the folks that are running in my community and uh, I support sure. some of them and some of them like, uh, sure. only because we're running out of time. But uh, no, I appreciate that. And, and I think we're going to have some guests on to talk about the police board. And I would love to have you in studio or on the phone to talk about that as well. Hell yeah. It's yeah. going to be, it's an interesting position, right? Because it's a community position. I mean, you get paid $500 stipend a month. Um, again, that's uh, coming from the police uh, budget. Um, and these people have to host a monthly meeting um, about you know, community policing and public safety and all that. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, starting brand new democracies is is a challenge, and I am I'm here with my popcorn, baby. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, that's a it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff to talk about uh, going forward. Let me know when you've got time. I'd love to have you in studio. I've got to run because uh, I've got traffic and all kinds of uh, stuff from the station. Um, thank you so much again, Maggie O'Keefe. Where should people go to find out more about the work that you do in your community? Uh, come on over to www.40thwarddem.org. We're about to do our endorsement sessions for mayor, aldermen, and everything else in between. So um, definitely check us out for our endorsement platform going forward into the new year. Outstanding. Maggie, get some rest tonight because uh, I know you have so much work to do in the next few months. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you, Patty. Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Let's take a break here. I'm in studio with El- with Elliot Serrano, the uh, the manager of community out- engagement at the Anti-Cruelty Society. Heather Lally, the editor-in-chief of Winsight Grocery Business Publication. That was Maggie O'Keefe, the committee woman for the 40th the 40th Ward. So many titles, everybody. You guys all have titles. I'm just Patty. 
You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Tune into the Tom Hartman Radio Program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. We are driving it home. One of my favorite things I used to do uh, when I first started uh, broadcasting was I would have a thing called Second Thanksgivings. Uh, and I would have my friends. Heather, I don't know if you ever got to join us for Second Thanksgiving. I don't know that I did. It was, uh, so we would just come in and hang out and basically eat and drink uh, until about like 2.30 in the morning. 2.30 in the morning. It and and you, everyone would bring food, but then invariably you would have someone from a restaurant or <laughs> or a bar show up. Yeah. And there would be even more food or booze. Yeah. It was and, and you'd be like and then there was the one year when we did was I am I wrong? Did we do it in our pajamas once? Did we do things? That sounds right. We're we, we, we were going to have a sleepover. We were going to have a sleepover. We had oh, pajama party. We did, yes. yeah. we did onesies, and I remember I, I, I even showed up to one in a onesie. Yeah, so, amazing. Yeah. yeah, we had we had a lot of. We'll figure out ways to uh, incorporate that here. Um, it's a little different. It's a little different here. It's a different vibe here. Yes. I don't know if I'd walk through this studio in a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not discouraged. It's all at Lady B. Onesies are not discouraged, right? No, they're not discouraged. So, I mean, I guess I, when you consider that I was wearing that and everybody on Michigan Avenue could see me, you know. And then uh, we would go do a Black Friday shopping, which we're we not doing anymore. Because, well, the reason we did it was that Paul Farvar had never done Black Friday. Never done Black Friday had, before in his life. Yes. So and, and he was expecting this huge experience. Yes. We went to a Kohl's, mm-hmm. expecting it to be crowded. Nope. We were the only ones there. Yep. And I think Paul ended up buying, like, some boxers. That was you, it. Patty, and you and I were at Kohl's at, like, midnight yes. one year. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's my That's place to go. That's your thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's my thing to do. I just, I like the setup of it, because it's just a circle, and you're like, okay, I know where the, the housewares are. I know where the home decoration stuff is. It's just, yeah. It's... I start where shoes, the shoes are. Yeah. Gym shoes, and then I work my way around the men's wear, and then I come, and then I'll probably end up like where all where you have the, the jewelry but that's where all the watches and mm-hmm. other things are because uh, mind you it's been a while since I've been in a Kohl's me too and now they have um, they have an Amazon they have Amazon stores in them too. And, re- and we can return everything from yeah. Amazon yeah well I I've, I've been focused on local businesses uh, during the pandemic in particular and this year just in the last few weeks I realized I saw a, a TED talk this woman uh, traveled where she was going to deliver the TED talk and everything she was wearing was from the thr- she didn't pack anything everything she was wearing from was from a thrift store that she shopped at before she gave her speech and I was like I mean you know I go through my closet and like 
one, all of my clothes from when I was in my 20s are super popular right now, like Doc Martens and baby doll dresses and the jeans that I used to wear. I'm like, why am I buying new clothes if the stuff I should have just kept? I was showing a friend of mine a picture of myself from 2003, and I was like, I still have those boots. She's like, you do not have those boots. I'm like, I absolutely still have those boots. She's like, get rid of those. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not a hoarder. I just, so what I'm saying is I'm trying not to buy new clothes. I'm only going to buy, I'm committing to just buying things at thrift stores, whether it's like houseware things. I'm just, I'm going to try to do that now. We love them. I take the kids there. We are big thrift store fans. Yeah. I would say buy your Christmas presents at thrift stores. There's a great uh, store on Northwest Highway. Uh, I was in there the other day and I was going to buy something for Elliot and I wasn't, I was like, it was, you know, it was kind of broken, but I thought maybe it will go with some of his stuff. And then, and then I panicked, and I might go back and see if I can talk her down. Because you can bargain, too, sometimes in some of these stores. Just oh, no. I go I go to thrift stores all the time, and I find things like collectibles. Yeah. Like, they might be a little, oh, wow, I remember I had that as a kid. Yes. And when you look at it, you go, and then you look at it, you go, this might be the same one that I had <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> True story. Let me get to our calls. Matt's been on hold for a bit. Thank you for being patient through our conversation with committee woman Maggie O'Keefe. Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? Hello, Patty Basket. Hi. So, I I just wanted to say Happy Thanksgiving, and I hope everybody's going to have a great one. And I know for a fact that Patty never works on a holiday. <laughs> so, I guess she won't be here until Friday, even though maybe she'll be here tomorrow. And, um, I don't think so. you know, just you hug your family, hug your friends, whoever yes. you're having Thanksgiving with, and you tell them how much you love them, even if you don't, because it'll make them happy. As much as it'll pay you to do it. Um, it's very true. And, and, unless you're relatives of Ken, then you don't hug Ken. Yeah. Um, but I digress. No, I, I, it's getting near the end of the year, and I am, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of the fighting. Yeah. I'm so tired of the craziness. And the fact that this is just starting to ramp back up. Like, I know they weren't gone, gone. But after Biden got put into the guys old White House, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the news for like a month. And I mean, of course, I still listen to Stephanie in the morning. And I still listen to you. And I, if I have time, I listen to uh, Joan Esposito. But I mean, it was I'm so good to be done, but it was Tom. Like, I didn't need to be on guard 24 hours a day. Right. And now I'm starting to have to be on guard 24 hours a day again. And it is exhausting. Well, I would say pace yourself. We talk about this a lot and also self-care and, you know, step away. Like, I was just, I just as I told Heather earlier, like, you know, we talking about scrolling. I just saw some really horrifying things about the shooter in Colorado Springs and his dad saying, uh, you know, just really awful. Like, so many, it, it, it's, it, yeah, pace yourself. Uh, don't don't consume everything. That's all I'm saying. And, and yeah, and enjoy the holidays. Like you said, say I love you. Uh, feel it. Try to feel it, though, I would say. Don't, if you don't feel it, don't you don't have to you don't have to say it. I'm just saying. But to uh, to, to give you my last bit of energy until the end of Thanksgiving, I'll say this in my normal tone of voice. Well, you know what really gives me, you know what I really love there, Patty. I love the fact that Patty Vasquez is now two hours every weekday from five to seven p.m. Thank you. On WCPT channel eight twenty. So I hope you and Declan and your husband 
and everybody, and Paul Farbar, who's out there somewhere, and Jess Antes, and everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I can't wait to call in tomorrow and talk about God knows what on Thanksgiving, because what are we going to talk about? I don't think I'm Maybe here. Finally, you know, you, 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 could, uh, you could talk about the uh, traffic. And I'll be you be real, and I'll be Kevin Powell, and I'll talk about sports. How about that? <laughs> I like it. I like the uh, the the scenario. One hundred percent. Thanks. Yeah. Have a great Thanksgiving. Love take care. Love you. Uh, let me take one more call. Uh, I probably should. Ooh, sorry about that, Matt. Didn't mean to do that. That was aggressive. Uh, just for Heather and Elliot and folks who maybe don't know who uh, Booger Eating Ken is, uh, he called a few weeks ago and said that uh, that we uh, that, that this is a Judeo Christian country and that immigrants are destroying our culture because they refuse to assimilate. And it devolved into a conversation about like when I wear the Mexican flag that I uh, that I should be proud of where I am instead of where my my folks have come from. And I, I also wear Irish flags as well. And it was really disgusting. And it reminded me of when I was five years old and there was a kid in my class who called me a really horrible racist name. We were, you and I were talking about being the only uh, Latinos in our school. And he called me a really awful name. And at, when I got older and I started talking about it on stage, I realized this is a kid who would pick his nose and eat his boogers and like this kid's like slinging slurs at me and he reminded me of uh, booger eating Ken that's why we call him that <laughs> just saying Chan- the chances are relatively high that he also ate boogers uh, correct or yeah. or wipe them underneath the, his seat or under the desk for other people too yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry sorry hey Brian what's on your mind my friend well Patty I want to Wish you a happy Thanksgiving and your family. And quite frankly, I didn't uh, have opportunity, but uh, everybody at WCPT, I hope they have fun and a happy Thanksgiving. And um, I just wanted to, I noticed that some in the neighborhood already have their lights on, you know, Christmas lights and that. And uh, speaking of uh, Christianity, I think, well, I'm a Christian myself, but I'm Probably, unlike most Christians, I'm also a student of Buddhism, and unlike most Christians, probably, I'm a believer in reincarnation and karma. But uh, I think uh, uh, what's been happening, uh, especially uh, since Trump uh, came on the scene, uh, uh, just uh, cherry distortions of Christianity, whether or not you're a Christian or not, uh, uh, if you see Jesus as the Savior or a great teacher of ethics, uh, clearly uh, the cherry-picking that's been going on, uh, uh, Jesus was about forgiveness, love, nonviolence, tolerance, you know, uh, and I think... uh, uh, that's something that should be kept in mind as we uh, uh, go on forward. I think uh, Trump was the one who, and these QAnon people, and uh, they just completely distort. And, uh, yeah. you know, I went to Catholic grade school, and, uh, geez, I mean, like 55 years ago, I could remember they were talking about all poverty is going to come to an end and anti war. And we were read even short stories to read from people of uh, all different races and men and women. And uh, today it just seems like you get these right wing extremists, and it's like they they just uh, 
develop their own version of Christianity, and anyone who disagrees with them is just plain wrong. You yeah. know what I'm yeah, saying? There's a, there's a bizarre intolerance. Uh, thank you so much, Brian. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, thank you so much, Patty. Take care. You too. Uh, and Elliot, you and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, in the it, Where in the Bible does it say that if you believe in the teachings of Christ, you have to go and impose that on people who might not? Uh, isn't it supposed to be more of a, like, enlightened, like, here's what we think. Would you like to join us? It's supposed to be an invitation, not a sword of, you know, to demand obedience. Right. Even so, like, there's this, what, it, it, Christ did not say it himself, but. Paul the Apostle would say later that when talking to others who are were to spread the message, he goes, say what you do, but if you get rejected, then just walk away. Yeah. Like It's like, just dust off, he has dust, shake the dust off your sandals and go. Yes. Not sit there and just try to hammer it into people. Because if people want to hear it, they do. If they don't, they don't. And, and I would say, you know, the United States of America would be a pretty sweet country if it actually was a Christian nation. Because if it was a Christian nation, we would have health care. We would not have a death penalty. We would be caring for the poor and the sick. We would be caring for the orphans and the widows. We would uh, we would be welcoming the immigrants yes. and caring for those in need. But uh, for those who want to say that, well, that's all socialism. Oh, yes, the apostles also. The, the, when they started the first church, it was based on socialism. It was them getting all everyone in the in the community brought their goods together. They sold it and they did, redistributed wealth, so to speak, as people needed it. And then and then so then folks, uh, I'm sorry. Now you you've started yep, this. So I did. You hit the the domino that set off the effect. So if people are going to say no, well, um, uh, socialism. If you want to say Jesus was a socialist and we should care for each other with our money, that's something we should should do out of the kindness of our heart. It's not something that should be imposed on us by the government. Then, by all means, let's not have the, the government impose it on us, but then the government should have no say-so in marriage, whether you want to be a same-sex marriage or not. The government should have absolutely no say-so in your in your own personal life, and whether, you know, if you want to have an abortion or not, because, let's, let's be honest, all the arguments that are made about abortion are not made on scientifically. They're made on personal belief, yeah. right? People will say, I believe life begins a conception. You're not saying it's a scientific um, assertion, and um, so the government should stay out of that too. If uh, besides, but you know, besides the fact that the Bible does not say anything against abortion, and it does not say anything. Um, it doesn't say that a person that God would get angry if you have an abortion, because when you look at the Old Testament, God is responsible for more babies dying than anybody. Yeah, that's yeah, what they, there's a reason yeah. why there was blood over the doors for Passover. For Passover, so I mean, so, what? It's so, a little dark. So, so when you say Judeo-Christian, that's the other one too. When they say Judeo-Christian, we're going to pick out all the angry parts of the Old Testament because that's the part we want to keep, and then we're going to nullify all the nice parts of Christianity in the New Testament. Yeah. No, let's let's go away. Go um, go eat boogers. Oh, <laughs> before we eat boogers, uh, I, I don't even know how to clean, cleanse the palate on that. But here's Judy. Judy, on that note, what's on your mind, Judy? Hi. Hi. I just wanted to wish you and all the patty people uh, say happy Thanksgiving. I was called earlier, but we we're cooking the giblets. So, as you do. Yes, as we do. And I, I tell Elliot, I would love to see him in a onesie. 
Yeah, we're getting notes. Uh, pictures right. where it didn't happen. Uh, All right, Mary, okay. Our friend Mary says pictures where it, it didn't happen. It will be posted on my on my Facebook page, Judy. And uh, can it? Can I believe you, it's a Chewbacca onesie. There is a Chewbacca onesie, Judy. Can you one more time? Can you say Patty People and cooking the giblets? Because that <laughs> that was just plain adorable. <laughs> just for you, Patty People. And cooking the giblets. Oh my god! I think we're made that our promo for the show. What's your show about? It's Patty people and cooking giblets. What do you want? Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, Judy, to your entire family. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. Let me uh, take a quick break here, and we'll wrap up when we come back on WCPT eight twenty. We are driving it home until seven ish, kind of. Mind over matters. Dr. Amy Harris. Nuan, as you know, this show is about challenging you to think differently, to make different choices in your life, to take action, to create positive outcomes in your life. So I want to challenge you to look at your life holistically. To where am I satisfied? What areas uh, need attention? And then go to work, take an action, what you need to do. Mind over matters with Dr. Amy Harris Nuan. Sundays at 10 a.m. on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. Well, on this Thanksgiving Eve, I am so grateful to have two of my best friends in studio with me. Uh, Heather Lally, the editor-in-chief for the Windsight Grocery Business Publication. You can follow her on Twitter, Flower Girl. Correct. Yes. Correct. yes. Uh, that's flour as in pastry because she's a pastry chef and makes really tasty things. I love being in her kitchen. Actually, she makes a lot of not just pastries. There's a be- there's a lot of bean soups that I've enjoyed. Uh, oh, my God. The tiki celebrations we've had. Elliot Serrano joins me in the studio as well. He's the manager of community engagement at the Anti-Cruelty Society. Also one of my best friends. And uh, we've, we've been – we've, you guys have – we. We all bring our own drama in different ways. Let's just, True. Uh, but let's be honest. True. I bring a lot of really high scale drama, and I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Patty happens. <laughs> Patty happens. Yeah, that's Glad my email here. address. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you for uh, helping me weather out orders of protection when I'm wondering if the police are going to track me down. Uh, Elliot and I, Elliot and I sat in a bar one day. He's like, you know, if you told, if if someone just told me these stories, I would think they were crazy. I, I had this written down. You're like, but I was there. And I was there. <laughs> if you told me this. After the fact, I'd think, no way, right? but I was there. And that's why I don't tell everybody everything, because it yeah. sounds crazy. It is pretty crazy. It, it's very crazy. And that's why I love celebrating with you guys, as well as our listeners. Um, I, I don't know. What, what, uh, what, what is your mood right now, uh, you know, going into Thanksgiving? What do you reflect on? You know, is it family? Is it being grateful that the midterms weren't as bad as we thought they were going to be? Um, what do you take stock of? For me, I take stock of the fact that I am someplace where I can spend time with my friends and family, um, no matter how much dust or crumbs there are in my house <laughs> to clean for. Uh, Heather, what do you take stock of at Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, it's kind of a good time to reflect on the year. I was I was thinking today, I, I don't think that I personally have had a year of so much uh, professional and personal change, and almost all of it has been very good and positive. So, uh, That's so, excellent. Yeah, it's and congratulations been, on that too. You, it's well you. earned. Yeah, you've had rocky had some roads. rocky years, yes. but this this has been a pretty solid one. How are you feeling, Elliot? I'm I'm same. You know, there's been a lot of change at the same time. It's the old. Uh, I have to look back and go, wow. I mean, I will say my family took some heavy losses over the pandemic. I had at least 
three members of my mm-hmm. extended family passed from COVID. Um, other folks affected by it. Um, health issues within my family. All these things going on. My cat died, you know, and it's like, wow. But then, you know, here we are and we can say, um, I got my health. Um, I can say I can get up in the morning and, and keep doing what I'm doing and try to make the world a better place where I can. And all you can do is keep fighting. Yes. Got to keep showing up. That's one of the things I think we, we've talked about for years is uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll bloviate, we'll have conversations, but uh, we, it, there is something gratifying about knowing that you've put the time in to stand up for what's right. And we do it in any small way, whatever, whether it's uh, starting in a neighborhood organization online where people can feel comfortable having conversations, uh, connecting with uh, kids and people in the community, uh, engaging them, uh, you know, with the idea that they can rescue a pet and change their lives. Uh, in my family, uh, you know, we are committed to, uh, you know, the community and connecting with people. Uh, I, I am. My poor husband's like, I'll be here when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that, Steve. I am grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my mom who uh, got to enjoy. Uh, we, we were enjoying uh, watching Griffin's uh Adventure in starting his first year of college. Uh, Griffin had a. Uh, he, oh, we didn't talk about this, and we don't have time. But today is, uh, and I'm going to uh, assign this to our kids. But it's Blackout Friday. I don't know they call it Blackout Wednesday. Blackout Wednesday. It's the heaviest drinking day of the year. Even greater than St. Patty's Day or New Year's Eve. Well, with that in mind, I've got wine, vodka, and whiskey at my house. Let's get going. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to be out amongst others. Now, for those who don't imbibe, uh, we please uh, please know that. Uh, we celebrate in every way and uh, support everybody uh, in this wonderful holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, Lady B. I hope that you're well. I look forward to seeing you on Friday. I'm not here tomorrow, right? I don't have to be here tomorrow. Do we know? Did they get a fill-in host for me? I thought that they didn't. Okay. I, I, I'm going to guess that they're playing a replay of me. Otherwise, I, mean, I live two blocks away. If I if I hear silence, I just run over to the I'll, station. I can come in if <laughs> yeah, you want. I'll figure I'll, it out tomorrow. I'll, I'll bring my dog. We're going to turn the station over. Should I hit the one more drop or do you want to take control? Do you take control? All right. Good night, everybody. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back maybe tomorrow, maybe on Friday. I'm not really sure. We'll figure it out. Bye, everybody. Good night.